I always wanted to be within a hotel. Main reason, uh, the food, what I love to cook, I cook as a chef and uh, and meeting people. That's the, the combination I love, being a hotel chef. This is the Deep in the Weeds podcast. I'm Anthony Huckstep. We know a career in food can take you all over the globe, but what's it like traveling the world and working in five-star luxury hotels where exceptional food is paramount? Deepak Mishra is the Director of Food and Beverage and Culinary Operations of Pan Pacific Melbourne. Deepak, how are you? Very well, thank you. How are you? I'm good. It's great to get you on the show. You've uh, had an extraordinary career all all over the globe, um, but you're in Melbourne at the moment. What's things like there? Thank you so so much, uh, Huck. Uh, it's it's uh, fant- fantastic. Um, uh, it's been I've been uh, in Melbourne for nearly over twenty five years now, but in and out. And uh, one thing great about being a part of the hospitality industry, you can just travel around the world, and that's really what I, I did. You know, working in overseas, coming back, and working for a few years, and uh, going back. And now I'm back in Melbourne. Uh, no, and it's it's uh, it's great. It's uh, getting cold, to be honest. <laughs> Ten degree this morning while we're uh, coming to work, but it's great. Uh, I worked for Pan Pacific Hotel many years ago, and this is my second stint uh, with a with a company, which is fantastic. Uh, they're they're leader in uh, Asian hospitality, and they uh, own many uh, like luxury hotels. And Pan Pacific is one of their luxurious brand uh, they own. Uh, yeah, really good to be back with the company. Well, tell us a little bit about your role and sort of what, what you're doing with Pan Pacific Melbourne. My uh, role, in short, uh, I'm the chef and food and beverage uh, director as, as well. I look after the uh, kitchen part, running the kitchen operation, like uh, menus, food and everything, what a uh, executive chef does. And I'm, I also uh, look after the team, uh, team who looks after the front of the house, the restaurant manager, the service and everything, which is fantastic. And now, the world is really going going towards this. Uh, chefs are no longer uh, just uh, being in the kitchen. They are out there uh, and looking looking after the, the both thing. In the past, in my uh, uh, my young days, where when I was training to be a chef, it was all always a um, two different world altogether. Chefs blaming blaming the waiters, waiters blaming the chef, and all all those things. And it's it's then they're never together. I think it's it's a, it's a great blend. Uh, you know, when you uh, the chef uh, uh, understand the front of the house, and it's it's a good uh, uh, combination and a good uh, relationship as well. That's no more of, uh, of fight. <laughs> I think it's a win-win situation. I would say. What's the scale of the operations? How many how many people sort of are you working with, and um, you know, and what are you what are you doing there? All, all together, I've got a team of over 100, 100 uh, uh, team members, including chefs, uh, uh, front of the house team members, then uh, uh, kitchen stewards and uh, team members uh, looking after the club lounge where we do a buffet and the team members look, look after the uh, cafe. So we do have two uh, rest- uh, uh, outlets, uh, three outlets, I would say. One is a restaurant, which is a 120-seater, and we have a cafe, which is about 
about 66 seater and we have a club lounge uh, for the executive uh, club floor uh, guest uh, uh, that's the 150 seater seater so so the the, the chefs and <laughs> chefs and that uh, the front of the house team members they look after the, this uh, op operation and my role is to ensure the standards are maintained the main menus are executed as per the as per the standards uh, as set and um, the guest interaction is uh, there and we ensure uh, the guest feedback uh, is to the highest level as well it's a, it's a really big team tell us a little bit about what are the challenges in sort of getting everyone to sort of maintain the standards with so many people but what are the benefits of having a big team like that as well the uh, having a big team uh, the benefit i would i will speak about it first the benefit is uh, such when there is a downtime and you don't have uh, enough uh, hand or team members around people can jump in in each other's area and help out and that's the biggest biggest advantage having a large large uh, uh, team i would uh, say and they they're versatile they can work in different area and the challenges are this moment post covid i would i must say it's getting better at this moment and uh, finding a skilled manpower that is that is one of the one of the uh, major challenge because being a part of a luxury hotel where the the guest uh, comes from different part of the world they spend a decent amount of money as well and having a, uh, expectations uh, you know and uh, we have to maintain the quality the service and all, all those things for that it's extremely important to have a decent uh, skill level as well and that's that's sometimes sometimes uh, it becomes difficult difficult to find uh, a good uh, like a skilled worker and um, and when when the, the team member move moves on due to visa condition or certain other level and uh, replacing those with a similar uh, skill set and that's that's been the major challenge i would say yeah, I want to explore sort of what you're doing there and particularly your food uh, a little bit later on. But take us back to when you were young. Where, where did you grow up and uh, what sort of role did food play in your family? Uh, I did grow, grow up uh, in, in uh, India. Uh, and uh, yeah, like uh, then after my schooling, I always wanted to become a chef. But though I don't come from a hospitality background, my father is an aeronautical engineer. He always uh, uh, worked in a uh, like a aircraft manufacturing factory. In fact, manufacturing fighter jets. And my brother, brother who, who worked in Merchant Navy as a marine engineer, and my my grandparents, they have, they are all doctors. <laughs> and uh, yeah, like uh, being being uh, born in India, like uh, those those uh, days, the, the the parents they expected either the the children they they can become a doctor, or an engineer, a chartered accountant, uh, uh, you know those those things. <laughs> and when I mentioned that I want to become a chef, uh, and it, it wasn't easy. I would, it wasn't easy at all. You know, my father really um, wasn't happy. Uh, and he said, uh, like, hey, why do you want to become a chef? You can cook in my home. Uh, you, you know, <laughs> why do you want to go out and learn? You don't have to go to any any cooking school or anything. wasn't uh, easy. But uh, later on, he understood. My brother, uh, uh, who traveled the world, he was really, really, really uh, supportive. I said, no, no, he's, uh, he wants to become a chef. Uh, why not let him learn? 
let him uh, follow his dream. That's when I came to Australia to, uh, and uh, joined William Anglis, uh, uh, the cooking school, to, to be- become a chef. And definitely I was influenced from my mom, who is, the, who is a fantastic uh, chef. It's not uh, a interview thing I'm saying, but really here she's a fantastic chef. And being a housewife, that's all she did, you know, cooking for the family, raising the children, uh, you know, and uh, we we uh, have, have had like uh, friends and relatives, everybody uh, uh, around, like uh, sharing uh, what we cooked for lunch and uh, dinner with each, each other's family. That the culture of food was there, and uh, uh, you know, I always enjoyed eating. Uh, I was pretty chubby when I was uh, young, <laughs> eating all possible uh, thing, and uh, asking asking mom how she uh, cooks things and all those things, and that's where the the, the the interest started and then those days like the TV chef uh, uh, was just coming up I used to say, I used to see the chefs cook uh, doing the TV shows the the white jacket always really fascinated me I don't know why I loved the the chefs who are white until now I do uh, you know and I always always like uh, uh, dreamt of wearing the chef's jacket with a tall hat uh, you know being in the hotel and uh, all, all those things, and that's uh, that's uh, uh, what made me uh, uh, like uh, completely um, made up my mind to become a chef. And uh, till today, that's uh, honestly speaking, it's been over twenty five years. There's never been a re- regret uh, living my dream. I would say. <laughs> you mentioned that your mother's amazing cook. Give give us a sense of the sort of dishes or feasts that she would have prepared when you were a kid. Uh, like uh, we we lived in the east uh, part of uh, India, where seafood is is uh, uh, is a staple uh, diet. So my mom is a fantastic uh, cook, cooking like fish curries and uh, uh, yeah, and those days the we uh, like we didn't have the gas. Uh, you know, we used to cook in in. Uh, charcoal and wood and all, all, all those all those things and I, I remember my mom just marinating the fish and wrapping in a banana leaf and throwing some uh, raw mango and just uh, uh, putting into the live coal and uh, uh, making a dish out out, out of the, the, that uh, you know and uh, and uh, goat meat is very uh, uh, popular as well as well making a uh, what they call a mutton curry uh, you know and uh, honestly speaking when she used to cook like you can smell it out like a few houses down down the road <laughs> and um, yeah like uh, uh, seafood uh, goat curry and a lot of like Indian uh, uh, sweets and uh, the rice always uh, a staple a staple diet with all the curries and everything uh, as well uh, yeah, you know and uh, yeah but uh, she definitely was known within my family for her fish curry and the mutton curry you mentioned that you um, moved to Melbourne and that's where you sort of started with William Anglis. Um, what was Melbourne like for you when you first moved there? Was it, was it quite different for you? It was very different. First time, like I left home uh, and uh, just uh, landed in a, in a foreign land, not knowing anyone, uh, uh, you, you know. And uh, uh, the Melbourne, Melbourne was like absolutely different to what it is uh, out uh, uh, right now. You know, not a lot of international students uh, um, here, especially in William Anglis uh, as, as, as well. But uh, definitely the hospitality industry was uh, completely 
completely different to what I've seen uh, in uh, India those those uh, days. Like a lot of uh, great chefs uh, around, and those days uh, um, uh, there was uh, like Paul Bocuse uh, restaurant as well in the Daimaru, where Philippe, uh, who is uh, the great mentor uh, and friend uh, now, you know, used to be a chef there. Uh, yeah, you know, like the food culture culture was uh, fantastic. There was uh, three hat restaurants and hotels had, or like most of the uh, like luxury hotels had uh, hatted restaurant restaurants around. Uh, you know that that was the uh, culture which uh, phased out uh, uh, after a few, a few years, uh, yeah, you know, and uh, it was great. A lot of like uh, uh, food shows and. Um, pop-ups and a lot of uh, activities that was that that was great but uh yeah, yeah i did not uh, those days there, there was not a lot of foreign uh, foreign chefs especially uh, from the world i came from came from uh you know that was that that was the the different difference uh, I, w- I would uh, say you after sort of uh doing the william anglis uh tape you course you kind of went on a global sort of tour take us sort of to the different countries uh, that you experienced and um, take us on a journey. Absolutely. After William Anglis, uh, I jo- joined a, a great chef. Till now, he's my mentor. His name is uh, Chef Tom Milligan. He used to be at the Crown and Windsor and all these places. And he's, uh, he was uh, at the Baku store. He came from Raymond Blanc, a Michelin-style restaurant. And he was the part of the Three Heart Restaurant, Stephanie's as well. So I always, like, uh, like he was my mentor, like, without working. I admired him, you know, and always tried to work well with him few times I got rejected uh, did not get a chance finally finally I uh, did a, uh, get a chance to work with him uh, in one of the rest- restaurant in Crown and that's where really my chef's journey started uh, uh, you know like just uh, blindly following t- Tom and learning uh, his uh, style of uh, style of cooking then I followed him from uh, uh, Crown to Windsor where I was there for over five years uh, as well those days the grand dining room and the uh, the restaurant used to be the talk of the town and it was super fine dining and the food food was every everything and that's when my journey started and that's where uh, the the style of cooking the european the french style of uh, cooking the furnace uh, I, I i picked up and he mentored me well until today he mentors mentors uh, me uh, you know starting from the basic to sauce to grill to creating the dish and and Encouraging to come come up with uh, with uh, dishes as well, and I did get a chance to go and work with many of the other chefs as well, like Shannon Bennett, Chong Lu, uh, from the uh, as as well. Chong used to be a good friend of Tom, and uh, he he organized me to do do a stash with him as well. Uh, you know, so got got a opportunity to work with many of the uh, chefs then. Um, Greg Malouf uh, and uh, Jeff Lindsay and all, all those people. Those, those uh, used to be the uh, like the the god of food those days. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, got the opportunity to work to work with, with them, and that's where the journey started. And those days, Windsor used to be owned by the Obroy Group of Hotel, and um, uh, and uh, I believe uh, that was uh, uh, early two thousand uh, two thousand seven. The, the hotel uh, was sold. And and that's when, uh, uh, like, uh, my j- traveling journeys uh, started, and I was uh, uh, 
uh, given an opportunity to work in one of the luxury resorts in India owned by Oberoi. That's that's when uh, I I started started uh, traveling. So the, so I went to India, worked at the Oberoi Raj Villas in Jaipur, which was voted second luxurious hotel in the world uh, in that particular particular year. And that that was completely a different experience altogether because having it was uh, it's a resort with thirty seven acres of land and having its own organic uh, farm inside. Uh, there was no fixed menu those those days. Like I used to go in the morning with the horticulturist, pick up the the herbs and the vegetables and everything and write a menu every day there was a new menu uh, uh, you, you know and that was fantastic you know that really challenged uh, you to come up uh, come up with the dishes and all those things and that's when the journey started coming out from the kitchen as as well like cooking the food ends uh, and going and talking to the guests and getting getting the uh, what you would call it um uh, uh, the feedback, what they feel, being a very luxurious resort, we used to get all the uh, like the high end uh, guests as well from Hollywood and uh, uh, like big stars. And uh, you see a chopper landing, you see uh, there's a big Hollywood star coming in, or Bill Gates coming coming in, uh, or Richard Gere uh, or Madonna. Uh, you, you know, so best was the answer uh, out out there. So you plan your this is starting from the breakfast the lunch to the dinner and everything well that was the, that's that's when the uh, the journey of me like traveling started and that the experience what I gathered to working with Oberoi Raj Villas uh, and that high-end lux- luxury hotel that started uh, uh, something a uh, thing that I started loving being a part of a luxury hotels and the food and beverage offering out there and then then uh, moved moved uh, around and came back to melbourne then went to uh dubai then i did another uh, uh like assignment opening at uh, a hotel in I- india part of the fairmont and raffles uh, uh, hotel group then then uh, worked in uh, singapore part of the pan pacific hotel group as well and when i was at, at the fairmont as well got the opportunity to travel uh, in europe to uh, and working in various other hotels, doing stage uh, as well, and that's 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 where my journey started. Started so like uh, on and off, I, I traveled for nearly fourteen years uh, uh, from Melbourne <laughs> to back and forth. You know, <laughs> yeah. Outs- outside of the kitchens that you worked in, sort of all over the world, what sort of influence did the sort of lo- local cultures and food have on you as you were kind of living in these different countries? What one thing I I ensured uh, like every country I worked, I ensured I learned uh, or tried to learn that particular cuisine from there. And when I uh, w- was working in India, though I were, I'm bo- born Indian, uh, you know, but I never got the opportunity to formally get trained in Indian cuisine. So when I worked in India, I ensured uh, uh, working with the Indian chefs, going to the villages and various parts of India and learning the white uh, Indian cuisine and the spices and all the, all those things as well. One thing I never used to like, being trained in French cooking and European cooking when people used to expect, uh, oh, you, you must be cooking great uh, Indian food as well. And I never used to like it that, no, uh, I can't cook Indian food because I'm trained in European cooking. And 
never used to like it. So when I got an opportunity to work in India, I ensured I learned uh, that particular cuisine, uh, you know. And same thing happened when I went to uh, working with the Fairmont Hotel in uh, in Dubai as well. I learned learned the Arabic uh, cuisine from the Arabic uh, chef, and um, and uh, like in in Singapore when I was in Singapore as, as well, I learned the Pranakan uh, cuisine, the real the authentic uh, Pranakan cuisine because uh, the owners of Pan Pacific Hotel Group they are Pranakan as well. The the Southeast Asian flavor, the Malaysian flavor, the the Chinese influence, all, all those uh, all those things, and that's why I continue to learn my learning learning spree uh, to learn those those cuisines as well. And when I went to uh, Europe as as well, uh, when I was working with the Fairmont Hotels, I got the chance to get trained to to uh, to learn and cook the real uh, Swiss cuisine. When I was in Zurich as, as well, the rakle, the the rosties, the zurichois, and uh, all all, the, all those things uh, as well. I, th- I believe that's something. Where now I can say, say it, my uh, my food has in, uh, got that influence of this global cuisine. Do you have any favorite stories of events or experiences? You know, cooking in sort of abroad um, uh, along your journey of that fourteen years across the globe. Absolutely, absolutely. You know that's quite, quite, quite a lot. You know, like especially at the Raj Villas. You know, I was told, "Oh, I'm cooking, cooking, cooking for a VIP guest." You know, and and I prepared the menu, and I was told, told that, "Oh, you have to go and present the menu to the guest and discuss how how he feels about it." And uh, like uh, I, I did the menu, and uh, when I went to present, and I found out he's uh, one of the uh, top Hollywood star, <laughs> you know. And I was like stunned. I was speechless, you know. <laughs> And same thing ha- happened with uh, with uh, Mr. Amitabh Bachchan and the family as as well. He's a, he's a superstar in in India, and uh, then um, yeah, like uh, like uh, cooking for cooking for the for the uh, the celebrities and uh, cooking for the the leaders like Nelson Nelson Mandela and all all this all these uh, people. That's that's uh, something uh, really memorable as as well. And they're humble people, and when you present your food and. Uh, explain explain as as well uh, uh, you know and recent recently when I was uh, opening the uh, the Charleston uh, hotel as, as well there's a Sofitel hotel in Charleston in Melbourne as as, as well and that's owned by, by mr. John Gandell and uh, when we opened the, the hotel hotel uh, and and uh, I had to write a menu for for the family and uh, I was I was uh, a bit nervous to be honest like cooking for the richest man in one of the richest man in Australia, <laughs> you, you, you know, and uh, I, I was asked to explain the 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 menu and thought behind the menu, and I'm standing and explaining the menu why I plan those dishes and and then the thoughts were behind uh, behind them. And he said, uh, uh, "Deepak, Deepak, uh, I can see the passion when you're explaining your food." And to be honest, that that's that's the compliment, and that's that's something may make your make your day, you know. And this is the 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 the, the memories. Uh, I would always uh, have with me. What brought you back to Australia? Uh, the produce, always the produce. One one challenges. I'll be very honest, honest with you. I had uh, 
but uh, um, when you work around, around the world and when you're used to uh, with the with the produce in in Australia and you are importing the them, and it's not the same the same thing. And the, and the, uh, the produce in Australia is very uh, very much of, uh, you, you can get it straight, straight away. That's one of the reasons always got me back to Australia in my young days. And now, like when I my last assignment in Singapore, when we came back, uh, we we came back because um, we extended our, our family. My son son was born, and now we have a one year old daughter as well. And uh, we thought thought let's go back to Australia and settle the, down as well. One one thing was the family uh, uh, thing to get back to Melbourne, and Melbourne always have been a home. And I always enjoy uh, Melbourne, the food scene and uh, the chefs uh, around interacting with them. And now being a part of the Baku Store uh, as well, I'm the vice president of the Baku Store Academy Australia as well, and mentoring the chefs and uh, being a part of those because this stage of my career I feel that the journey uh, I've had uh, uh, you know I should uh, give back to the end industry as well which is I'm enjoy- enjoying enjoying too and uh, just before this interview I just uh, delivered it a training session to, to a group of new recruit in a, in a hotel talking talking about the food and beverage journey the ethos and and uh, uh, standards and all those things that's something uh, something uh, I'm enjoying at this moment and I would like to carry on doing uh, too tell us a little bit more about this role and your involvement and what sort of impact it's had on you uh, about the Bakusto yeah, the Baku Baku store is is the highest uh, chefs competition in the world, which happens uh, uh, takes place in Lyon. Uh, like the chefs from all over the world, they participate. Every country uh, when, uh, who qualifies, they participate in uh, in competition uh, uh, in in Lyon. Lyon. And um, yeah, and uh, the uh, we we run a competition in Australia to choose the candidate who rep- will represent the the country. And um, and we recently, a few weeks ago, we had the, uh, the selection uh, selection as well. The, the top chefs of uh, Australia they competed, and uh, and the the winner we chose the, chose the winner and the commie chef who will be representing the country and going to the Asia Pacific uh, uh, selection, then uh, representing the country in Lyon uh, in in France. Uh, yeah, that's that's really really a great great thing as well when we are representing Australia in the in the global uh, chefs community and the chefs platform, uh, you know we are still still growing. And uh, you know one major struggle we have we don't have the massive funds uh, uh, as the other countries, the US or Belgium or Singapore, they they have. But we're still growing. We we do our fundraiser events and all those things to support support the uh, the chef who is who is the, the representative of the country as well to uh, to train them and to ensure that they go to France and we fund fund them them as well. Well, it's it's a it's a contribution we do outside our work, uh, you know, which is which is something uh, it gives us a satisfaction as well that we are definitely contributing back to the industry uh, to 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 grow as well. And chefs like Scott Pickett, uh, Philip Michel, Tom uh, Milligan, uh, all 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 these great chefs are part of uh, uh, the, this Boku uh, Boku Store Academy as well, and they contribute uh, their. Uh, time now and we have 
Dan Arnold, who represented Australia a few years ago in the Baku store, now he's a successful restaurant restaurateur in Brisbane, uh, and he's got is uh, doing kicking goals out there uh, in his restaurant by Dan Arnold. Uh, you know, so yeah, like uh, this, this is uh, this is something uh, great to be a part of uh, uh, being this chefs community and helping out the uh, aspir- uh, aspiring chefs as well. Tell me a little bit about um, your food. Is there, is there a dish or two that you've created recently that sort of exemplifies your approach and that sort of global? Absolutely. Like, like I mentioned, Huck, my food, I get influenced on my travel. And the base is always a Euro- European uh, food. And uh, uh, the base is European food. And I'm a big fan of the local uh, produce and the native uh, ingredient. I uh, uh, Last, uh, I would say, six to seven years, I became a big fan of the Australian native ingredients, the cinnamon myrtle, the lemon myrtle, the Geraldton wax, the moon trees, uh, you know. So that's that's something, something I use uh, use in my, uh, in my uh, uh, food. Like uh, I have a dish uh, in uh, uh, in my present me- menu, uh, the Hiramasa king kingfish with with a uh, whipped uh, uh, the buttermilk, and buttermilk is infused, uh, and, and be a bit of curry leaf, a bit of uh, laksa leaf, which is which is uh, Vietnam, Vietnam mint. Uh, mint. And in India, there is there is a uh, buttermilk drink called chas. Which is which is uh, a, uh, a drink made uh, in Punjab uh, and various uh, part of uh, North India. So I got got influenced when I was in India uh, when I was drinking that this is going to be great with the acid, the flavors, and everything with uh, kingfish. And we uh, try to infuse very lightly those flavor in buttermilk, and we uh, th- thicken it, and that's something a base uh, for the kingfish. And I make a, um, a gel uh, gel uh, with uh, with with mango uh, and and uh, uh, ginger, and uh, uh, yeah, that uh, gets uh, served with a Geraldton wax oil uh, and caviar. So that's that's we, we, we in my present present uh, menu menu. You've um, had the most extraordinary experience in five star resorts all over the the globe. But um, what's important when you sort of in that environment and with that offering like how do you pull it together and what what do you need to do is there different levels of dining that's required like what's your approach that's a different di- di- uh, dining levels definitely uh, required because you have menus for the room which uh, we call it an in-room dining menu and you have uh, menus for the restaurant you have menus for the high tea high tea is very close to my heart <laughs> being uh, having been the executive chef of the mechas of uh, high tea like langham and Windsor and uh, all all this all these uh, uh, places we have a high tea menu. Recently we have uh, started high tea, which I'm very proud proud of. And um, we have cafe menu. We have uh, a banqueting and event place uh, space as well within the uh, hotel. We have uh, event menu as as well for large large events. So depending depending of the uh, uh, with the clientele, depending with the concept of the restaurant and the uh, cafe. Face, we uh, I, I, I design the menu. Uh, say, for the example, for the in-room dining, uh, we have 396 rooms within our hotel, and we uh, people travel from all over the world. So the menu should uh, should uh, have dishes to to. Uh, uh, 
for the for the guests uh, traveling from all over the world like should have a bit of uh, asian bit of indian bit of uh, uh, european european bit of comfort food people landing landing late at uh, night different time zone and all those things all these uh, things you have to consider while you're writing a menu uh, when you're writing a menu in the restaurant, we have a r- r- restaurant concept uh, uh, driving uh, uh, with with local local pro- produce and uh, uh, fresh produce, and the, we uh, uh, write a menu to have a dining ex- experience. You mentioned um, the importance of high tea and how much you love it. Tell us what makes a great high tea and what you need to provide. The, to make uh, the high tea is all about experience. And Haiti, Haiti is all about uh, uh, a um, menu where you can sit down and sip your coffee or a champagne, and every every component of the Haiti should complement uh, uh, the, the the beverage and and just um, uh, stimulate your taste taste buds. You know, uh, a, a menu a menu with your delicate pastries, uh, the Devonshire scones and uh, uh, hot savouries and uh, sandwiches uh, and so on and so, so forth. And in our present menu, we have um, five, four to five different uh, uh, like uh, pastries with best of best uh, Belgian chocolate, and we infuse the local flavors as well. Like uh, I use Giraldin wax in one of the mango and passion fruit uh, uh, dessert, and I use um, a salt push in uh, uh, what what you call it in one of the warm uh, pie. Uh, what, what, what we uh, make and um, uh, the the signature signature the Western Australian lo- lobster roll what we uh, serve uh, in a brioche bun in it in in Haiti that's one of the most popular uh, to, to sandwich or the savory item what we have uh, uh, in our menu and the scones are made uh, made, made uh, with the flavor of uh, uh, lavender which is uh, which is uh, local local as as well and uh, uh, orange orange blossom uh, and we uh, inf- uh, make our jam in house we infuse some rose petal in, in in there to have that fragrance delicate delicate flavors uh, in there we have range of uh, teas available out here i use uh, twg uh, the brand of tea which is very best and luxurious tea brand from uh, Singapore, which complements uh, complements the the high tea altogether. And we serve champagne, various champagne as well with a high tea. So the the, the aim is you should come and sit down, have a great conversation with your friends and family, and enjoy enjoy the the after afternoon uh, afternoon with with all these uh, delicacies. The last couple of years have been challenging for everyone and as we know travel traveling was difficult and hotels were deeply impacted by uh, COVID. What, what sort of effect has it had on you? Has there been positives and change to come out of this experience for you? Uh, it definitely has affected quite a bit, uh, Huck. Uh, to be honest, uh, with with COVID, aviation and hospitality uh, was hit pretty bad. And to, to be honest, the work, work uh, had reduced, uh, you know. And who would have thought, uh, like uh, when 
when uh, being being a prof- professional, uh, you know, who would have thought uh, you would uh, depend on a, uh, a government uh, allowance, uh, you know, and that will be limit limited uh, work. That definitely affected uh, professional ego uh, for sure uh, as well. Uh, you know, and um, uh, yeah, like when when uh, you're a chef, you you always feel that you will never be out of work. Uh, you know, and uh, that that was that was very hard to um, uh, t- t- take on. Uh, you know, and it just w- went on uh, for a, for a while. But I would say that is a positive uh, positive outcome as well. We definitely understood the value of spending time. Uh, with the family as well being a chef uh, chef uh, as everybody know it's uh, it's 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 quite tough you do long hours you do weekends you do work when everybody's enjoying doing the festivity and uh, uh, stuff uh, you don't spend that much time with your kids and family your wife and stuff you sometimes you feel, uh, feel that uh, uh, your son started walking and you were not there it's, uh, uh, and your children started uh, doing certain things uh, you were not there to be honest i I would take it positive in this uh, uh, manner. Uh, the amount of time I spend with my wife, my uh, kids, and we, uh, to be honest, plan for our second child, uh, my, my daughter now, who is one year, one and a half year old uh, now, uh, during COVID, <laughs> she's a COVID baby. And uh, to be honest, uh, that's the best time I had. And I, I felt this is something I've been missing it. And uh, uh, to be honest, I wouldn't change, you know, I would to do anything to uh, to get that time to spend with my wife and family and uh, my parents and and kids and I want to give them what they de- they deserve in terms of time time we can give all possible things in the world in terms of luxury but that the time and and uh, belonging and that's what they're looking for really. Well, uh, Deepak, you've built the most incredible career and affected so many people along the way. What, what do you love about what you do? What I love about what I do, do uh, every day is a different day. That's what, what, what I love. It's, it's never boring. Uh, you, you know, and, uh, I walk in, walk in every, every, every day. Uh, uh, one day it's it's uh, crazy, busy. One day there's a different event altogether. You you write a menu for once a season season. By the time you establish that, you're ready to start writing menus for uh, to other other activities as well. Like yesterday, I completed about four to five menus. Like uh, who would have thought I completed <laughs> the Christmas of menus already? And the spring car- carnival, the next school holiday, uh, like um, uh, what you call it, uh, Haiti. We run a, a kids' Haiti at the Pan Pacific Hotel. So yeah, like uh, it's it's fun. Every day is uh, different, and you uh, meet uh, meet uh, different different uh, people. Like yeah, a few days ago, I bumped into a legend cr- cricketer, uh, Mr. Jesuria, as, as as well. Uh, uh, you know, uh, and I thought, wow, like like uh, being an Indian born cricket is in in our genes you know <laughs> so yeah like like when i called my dad i said hey, you know what i met the, the master blaster mr j surya and, uh, and he was he, he was uh, thrilled about it and this is this is uh, what i love about the uh, uh, um, industry and uh, the working in hotel and i, I would love to, i always wanted to be within a hotel main reason uh, the, the food what i love to cook i uh, cook as a chef and uh, and meeting people 
and various uh, pe- uh, people. And that's that's the, the, the combination I love being a hotel chef. Well, it's an absolute honor to have you on the show today to hear just a part of your story. Um, Deepak, please keep in touch and we'll catch up again soon. Thank you so much, Hug. Uh, thank you uh, so much. Lovely chatting with you. This is the Deep in the Weeds podcast. I'm Anthony Huckstep. Stay tuned as we take a deep dive into the lives of the incredible people who ply their trade in the food and hospitality sector. Special thanks to executive producer Rob Locke for making this all happen. Follow us on Instagram at Deep in the Weeds Podcast or email us at podcast at deepintheweeds.com.au. Stay safe and be well. <laughs>